the construction industry can be a tough business to crack. From cash flow problems, struggling to find skilled labour, and not making enough money for your efforts, leaves many business owners feeling frustrated and burnt out. But when you get the business strategy right, it's an industry that can be highly satisfying and financially rewarding. I'm here to give you the resources to be able to create a construction business that gives you more time, more freedom, and more money. This is the Develop Your Construction Business Podcast, and I'm your host, Greg Wilkes. So welcome back to the podcast, everyone. On this week's podcast, we thought we'd go down a slightly different angle because I know a lot of you are really hungry to grow your businesses, and many are looking for different revenue streams. So I connected with Johnny Millard from UK Fire Door Training at the uh, UK Construction Week uh, last year. It's a, a great event for us both. And we had a bit of a chat and it was really fascinating to learn all about what Johnny Millard was doing with this company and how really it can potentially offer a great revenue stream for many different construction companies. So I thought we'd invite Johnny onto the podcast today and we'll do a little bit of a deep dive into who his company is, what they do and how it might benefit you. So Johnny, really appreciate your time and coming on the show. No problem, Greg. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Good stuff. So, Johnny, maybe first of all, you can give us a little bit of a better introduction. Do you want to just explain who your company is and and, and what you really do? Yeah, sure. Um, if I, I might just give a little bit of a an, a description of how we got to where we are today uh, by giving a little bit of history about myself. So I, I actually used to be a secondary school teacher. I was a history teacher for about five years. Wasn't really for me as an individual. I, I, I was more drawn, you know, my dad's a carpenter. I was more drawn to working sort of with him in the business rather than in teaching. And the opportunity came up one summer, I think it was 2019, to make that transition. It was around about this time, so this is obviously post-Grenfell, that we, we noticed that there was a gap in the market for fire doors. We, we'd been asked by a lot of people to get fire doors signed off on projects that we were on and we were paying these people you know, 400, 500, 600 pound a day. And we said, well, why don't we go and do it ourselves? So between September 2019, I went from being a secondary school teacher. And by the November, I was a fire door inspector. So it's a drastic, drastic change. And uh, we created AJM Fire Safety, which is our other business. And that was a fire safety predominantly within fire doors compliance business. And being an educator, being in a a teaching environment, it became very apparent to me very, uh, very early on that the standard of training within the industry was, in my opinion, not up to what it should be. A lot of the courses were quite bland, very boring. They were dictatorial. So they were very much a case of you press play, you listen, which, you know, when I was a teacher, if I'd have said to my bosses, don't worry about the upcoming scheme of work. I'm just going to do a voiceover and a glorified PowerPoint, and I'll just press play at the beginning of every lesson. I wouldn't have been in that profession for very, very long at all. Uh, it's just not a very good way to learn. So through doing what we did with AJ and Fire Safety, I learned a lot about fire doors. And then I went, well, why not do our own training? And that's precisely what we did. We decided to create high-quality courses that are sold at a reasonable price. So they're more interactive. Uh, we give lifetime access to the materials. 
we provide ongoing support to all of our learners. And through that process, we believe that we're offering a, a more high quality product, high quality service, um, and that our learners are, I think the best way for me to put it is, their knowledge retention is higher. Their learning experience is greater. And again, I mean, I'll just return back to the price. There was a lot of courses on the market that were you know, a thousand, two thousand, three thousand pound. And you know, you go to university, you'll spend nine thousand pound in a year, but you've got access to libraries, world class lecturers, equipment, ongoing support. Uh, you know, if you're writing essays, you can have um, a feedback on the essays that you're writing. Well, why should a course cost, you know, say, 50 percent of that? Let's say a course is four or five grand. But you're not getting half a year's worth of university experience. You're getting an online course that you press play on. So for us, it was about providing high quality courses at a reasonable price. And, you know, really, that's what we've built over the course of the last two years is a, a system, uh, you know, a culture of greater learning, greater opportunity and providing that to our customers. Yeah, and you can certainly see that on your your reviews on your website, people reviewing the courses, that they're obviously hitting the right spot. I know I've been on some dreadful courses in my time. I did a, I think I did an electrical course that was about five days and a plumbing course and um, what else did I do? Um Oh, SMS to me, SMSTS health and safety course. And to be honest, you know, you pay through the nose for some of these things and the teaching is just shocking. <laughs> it's absolutely yeah. shocking sometimes, you know, not, not in every case, but no, no, you're, no. you're pulling your hair out and thinking, oh, I can't wait for this to be over. So, so what is it that makes you slightly different? Is it the, is it's the interactive element? Is it, is that why, why you think your, your quality is slightly better? Yes. I, you know, there's an element of, what we what I would say is that we've brought sort of modern teaching techniques to to the construction of the fire door arena. Um, it's it's not revolutionary. I, you know what what I've done is not necessarily um, you know re you know it reinvented the wheel. It's just applied good educational techniques to that sector. Mm. Uh, and what you know it's it's a good question because it's things like on our on our lessons, so it's broken down into lessons and sub lessons, and it'll be things like you know, um, there'll be a little bit of text to read, but it'll be no more than a short paragraph. It'll be broken down, and then there'll be a video, and then there'll be a task related to the video, and it'll be things like, uh, let's say it was a sequence of how to install a, a, a fire door frame, and then at the end the question will be, you know, write a summary of the video or write a summary of how to construct a fire door frame and you're allowing the user to be engaged with the content they're actually doing a lot of the learning themselves and then there's a lot of content where it'll be things like a fill in the missing word drag and drop tasks people can put two and two together and they're learning through the action of doing something they're learning through the action of you know, picking something up and moving it over there rather than just mind-numbing reading or mm -hmm. mind-numbing listening to somebody just read that out to them yeah. and of course they can read go over these tasks more than once fill in the missing word tasks uh again we've got sort of you know some of these drag and drop type tasks are involved images as well uh, the frame is a good example i could tell you what a mitre joint is i could tell you what a half lap joint is but it's much better to have the pictures 
other mitre joint than a half lap joint and get the people to drag and drop them into the correct areas. Yeah. And it allows learning to be done much, much quicker because you're not reading 10 minutes worth of stuff. You're just visually seeing it. Um, and knowledge retention is much higher. Mm -hmm. And there is something, I don't know if this is, uh, many people are unaware of this, but there's a thing called the forgetting curve in education. And, uh, you know, if again, I could teach somebody something, but after 30 days, their knowledge retention will be as low as five to 10%. After a year, it'll be around about 1%. So in other words, if you had one day of learning, if you went on a one day course and paid a lot of money for that one day course, after a year, you're going to remember 1% of it. And it may not be a 1% that's particularly useful. It might just be something that you picked up on the day that sort of stuck in your mind because it jogged your memory of something. Whereas if you repeat an action, this sort of forgetting curve starts to get shallower and shallower over time. So that's where the lifetime access comes in. So when people are repeating those tasks, they've got the access to the ongoing support via email and telephone. That allows them to maintain and retain this knowledge over a longer period of time. Yeah, that's that's really useful, isn't it? Yeah. So you mentioned earlier on that um, you initially got involved in the business after or post Grenfell, you saw a little bit of a, you know, a bit of a need there. Obviously, a absolute terrible tragedy, uh, the Grenfell Tower disaster. But the positives that might come out of this, are we seeing better regulations and better standards now being being adopted across the board? Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, for those who are unaware, we're recording this on January 23rd, 2023. And today alone, is the enforcement of Regulation 10, which is uh, in England only, but for all residential buildings over 11 metres, there now needs to be quarterly inspections of all fire doors within a property and annual inspections of flat entrance doors, which has closed a loophole because the fire safety order, which has been in place since 2005, is very woolly. Um, it says things like Article 17, which is sort of underpins a lot of what a responsible person uh, is meant to do within a building to maintain fire safety. And Article 17 basically says uh, to have a suitable maintenance regime. Well, what does that mean? That's every year, every month. What am I meant to do within that time frame? So Regulation 10 for fire doors has really sort of closed that loophole and added a level of specificity to how often inspections are meant to be done. And... You know, that will be enforced in all residential buildings over 11 metres. That's a huge change. Mm. And that should bring around a lot of uh, increased focus on fire doors. More people being able to spot the dangers with fire doors, where, where there are errors, where there are issues. Um, that increased focus will no doubt will save a lot of lives. And uh, so that's that's brilliant. But we've also got the Fire Safety Act uh, and the Building Safety Act, which are bringing in sort of... Yeah, Ensuring that products are tested, making sure that there's sort of golden thread of evidence uh, throughout, you know, from, from manufacture, supply, installation, inspection, maintenance, um, and housing associations, local authorities, they're expected to keep this information digitally. Mm -hmm. Again, that increased focus on traceability, on, you know, testing and, and the products themselves, 
again, will only lead to more lives being saved. So there's a tremendous movement uh, there post-Grenfell. A lot of this is underpinned by the Hackett Report or the Hackett Review, which was a, a post-Grenfell sort of review into you know, what led to the uh, Grenfell fire tragedy. Um, but you know, what, what does the industry, what does the construction industry, what does the manufacturing industry need to do to ensure that this never happens again? And we're starting to see that legislation come into force now. There will be secondary uh, legislation further down the line surrounding competency of installers as well. Technically, at the moment, what how it works for fire door installers, inspectors, is they need to be competent. But even the definition of competency is extremely mm. vague. What does competency mean? Well, technically, it's somebody who's got relevant training, qualifications, and experience. But how much of those things, what qualifications? Yes, they've got to be relevant. Uh, but how long do they have to have studied for? What level does it have to be? Um, you know, what? how long does it, what, what, what constitutes experience? Experience with tools, experience with fire doors. It's very, very woolly. And a lot of this over the course of the next few years is going to be more specific, more drilled down into exactly what defines competency. And that, you know, UK fire door training will be at the forefront of providing that to our customers and ensuring that they have that level of competency. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So how, how big is the industry in terms of what you cover? So, you know, if someone wanted to get into fire door inspections or, or um, installing fire doors, it, you know, what is that covering? Is that, you know, is that schools or flats or what, what, what? Can you give us a bit of an example of what areas they might be getting into? Yeah. So the the number of properties and the types of properties are limitless. Absolutely limitless. The vast majority of work will probably be in places like high-rise buildings, social housing, uh, sort of your, kind of where you have your, your local authorities will pro provide housing to people within the community. But you've also got hotels schools which you've mentioned there are i think there's something like six thousand schools in the country i can't remember if that's secondary schools or primary schools and secondary schools that's you think every single one of those schools has got to have an average of say 20 30 fire doors you start doing the maths there's just so many doors out there so many fire doors out there uh, three-story houses apartment blocks they've all got fire doors in them Every single year in the UK, there are 3 million new fire doors manufactured and installed. And they're quite frankly, there just isn't enough inspectors to go around and, and check all of them. Uh, but, you know, I think you mentioned hospitals there. There's, you know, we've worked in mental health units. There's a lot of, there's a lot now, there's a bigger sort of group of charities that provide support to young people, vulnerable young people. They're off, they are regulated by Ofsted and Ofsted are very sort of hot on them having fire doors. So you could actually sort of, you could in within fire doors focus on a niche within a niche. Mm. You know, you can focus on housing associations. You can focus on, on hospitals. You know, you, you know, fire doors themselves is a niche within the construction industry, but there are niches within the niche mm. and you know, they're very, very lucrative. And if you, Let's say you became a fire door inspector and you became the preeminent top person in the country at you know, anti-barricade, anti-ligature doors that are within a mental health unit setting. 
you can make a tremendous amount of money and in the process contribute to saving lives which i think is phenomenal yeah yeah that's fantastic johnny yeah so just as a as an example um i don't know if you know the answer to this or not but say you were going to go into a school and you were going to in, inspect all the the school doors so obviously you know there's probably going to be some of them that are going to fail and need upgrading so you've got all that potential work there too but how often say, say you won one school contract and you went in there and inspected it what what are the regulations around how often that school has to be inspected yes and that, this is where that sort of woolliness from the legislation sort of comes in um, let a school even now is what it, it comes under the fire safety order article 17 they need to have a suitable maintenance regime that's quite vague right uh, what people would sort of point to is bs double nine double nine or bs nine 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 and that makes reference to having six monthly inspections so yeah really if you have a fire door inspection done every six months i'd say you are within the legal sort of parameters unless now you're in a building that's over 11 meters as we've mentioned with regulation 10 so yeah, it's that sort of six monthly inspections. But what this allows people to do is set up a, an ongoing contract. Mm. You, know, you can come in, we'll come in twice a year, uh, or even you know you could set up a contract over the course of ten, five years. And that means you'll be there for 10, you know, make 10 visits. Um, and there's a big movement now towards sort of data tagging doors you know, as an inspector, tagging the doors with you know, those RFID pins or, or q mark what's it called uh, q qr codes i think they're yeah, the ones with the sort of the yeah, little scan. qr codes on the doors yeah and providing a service to their customers and their clients that allows them to maintain their stock digitally mm. um, and you know once you know if you if you go into a building and inspect all the doors point out all the faults and then get the work done and then maintain that sort of contract again that's for a lot of people who are in the construction industry, it's that bread and butter and it allows you to plan for the future because you know that that contract is going to be live in year one, year two. Um, and, you know, we've seen a tremendous amount of companies, not just in the fire doors, you know, but those ongoing contracts are, are so vital to a, the long-term success of a business. And that, that opportunity is also there with fire doors. That's fantastic. Yeah, that, that makes such a difference, doesn't it? If a, if a company can pretty much predict what they're going to be secured to earn over the next few years. So that, that sounds great. So who would typically come on your course, Johnny? Um, would it be, you know, is it they have to be a carpenter or like, what's the types of people that you're, you're bringing on to your courses? Yeah. Um, so a the best fire door inspectors, you know, and I wasn't one of these. So it, it was a, a tremendous learning curve for me. The best fire door inspectors are former carpenters because they understand the timber. They understand how things are put together. They understand how to fix the problem. And if they understand how to fix the problem, they'll be able to provide really good advice on the remedial works and how to inspect properly inspecting the door. Um, and so it's it's former carpenters or you know, current carpenters uh, for the fire door inspectors that that, that are one of our key sort of customers. We get a lot of people who are fire risk assessors. They're in the, the fire safety industry and they 
are looking to add another sort of element to their company. They do fire risk assessments already, and now they want to add something to do with fire doors so they can uh, give their clients a, a wider repertoire of uh, services. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we do get some people who are looking to move from in one industry to another. Um, and I'm very sort of, I let, we very, very cautious in sort of making sure that they are going into this with the right intentions. I think I was extremely unique in the sense of being a, a you know a history teacher in a secondary school and becoming a fire door inspector. Not many people will make that transition. Um, and the only reason that I was able to do so is because my dad, his company, it's a carpentry contractor. So my knowledge of timber was able to grow through working in that environment. Yeah. You know, if you're sort of, I'd really sort of point out if you're, if you don't have a background in, in t- timber and carpentry and joinery, and you don't know of anybody who does, it is going to be a struggle because you need to understand those elements. Mm-hmm. It's not to say you can't do it because it's definitely doable, but it's not something I'd say drop what you'd currently do and move over to this. It's yeah. you, you have to respect the laws. You have to respect the, uh, the craft of joinery and carpentry in order to be successful at this. But, you know, if I'm being honest, you know, you know, we're talking about sort of small businesses, sole, sole traders here, but we, over the course of the last year, have worked with all sorts of companies. We've worked with large housing associations, um, Transport for London. We've worked with Taylor Wimpy, Equans, who used to sort of go by the name of NG. So we've worked with you know, individuals, small companies, medium-sized companies uh, who are, say, turning over somewhere between 10, 50 million, all the way up to 100 million, and way, way up to your government kind of industries, TFL, local councils, and then your multi-billion house builders and uh, commercial builders. So it's, it's, it's a bit wild, really, because you can be speaking to, you can be speaking to a very, very large corporate company and then the next minute you're you're speaking to an individual who's looking to to have a career change yeah. or, or or add another string to their bow and uh, it's really really good to to have that vast sort of difference in the people who we speak to and I, I thoroughly enjoy that yeah but it is yeah i mean I, I i'm not sure whether you'd know the answer to this or not but do you ever do you ever get to hear of examples of someone who might have initially took a course of you a couple of years back and you know, you've seen potentially their their massive business growth through contracts one and things. Have you, have you got any examples of that? Uh, yeah, I think a good example of that we've got a, a gentleman called Jeff who uh, I'm not gonna I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say his surname, but uh, yeah. <laughs> he uh, he basically he was a sort of fire safety company and decided to do our course, added that extra string to his bow, was able to offer an extra service to his clients, and has gone from strength to strength. It's now taken on three extra inspectors and sort of within the London M25 sort of catchment area is now one of the leading fire door inspection companies. And, you know, the profit margins are really there mm. in terms of inspections because you aren't looking around loads of tools. You're not carrying around uh, a van all day. And in many cases, you're working in a nicer, warmer environment. So, effectively it's very you know when it, with these clients that you pick up in, in fire door inspections in particular um it's ongoing it's easy to price you can figure out a bit of a system 
and it's a less of a headache for people who work in that industry than say you know carpentry contractor things don't turn up the skip might not be picked up on time or you know there's a delivery that doesn't arrive the fixings somebody lets you down at the fixings whatever it might be there's none of that with fire door inspections and even even within you know let's say fire door installing fire door maintaining there's a finite amount of things that can go wrong don't get me wrong there's a lot of things that can go wrong with fire doors mm. but it's just fire doors you're not dealing with the joists and the roofing and yeah. first fix second fix kitchens you know it's it's more specific and the industry is in growth uh, significantly at the moment in terms of you know, there's a lot of companies who we've worked with who the, i tell you what's the big one is companies who have won a contract and then their client says to them have you, you know, what, 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 what training have you got with fire doors? And they go on this sort of a meandering path to try and figure out what course or what training they need to do. And then they find us and they realize actually this process is a lot simpler than paying thousands of pounds for a UCAS accredited scheme. Mm. It allows them to get that high quality training, reasonable price. And we're, we're finding a lot of companies who are perhaps in that, you know, 500,000, 1 million sort of turnover it's allowing them to pick up contracts that are setting them on that, that road to 2 million, 3 million, 5 million. Mm. And that is, that's really, really good to see when we find those kind of companies, Fire becomes a big part of their growth plan. Yeah. So I, I imagine there's going to be a lot that listen to this, that this, you know, all of a sudden really sounds quite appealing because yeah, one, not that it's going to be really easy to do, but it, it seems like a, a relatively easy path to, to be able to get onto this. So, and it's not going to cost the earth for someone to come and do one of your, your trainings. So if you were given a, say someone's now thinking about this, maybe they've got a carpentry firm and they think, right, I want to add another string to my bow. What would, what would be your recommendations and where do they, where do they get started in all of this? Yeah. So let's say you've got a small carpentry firm. Uh, you're turning over, let's say about a million. And you've picked up a, a contract within your, your local area of, you know, it doesn't have to be just fire doors. It can be a car, you know, a carpentry package. And as part of that carpentry package, there's a fire door element to it. First of all, we always recommend that anybody who is working on fire doors does the course. We get a lot of, you know, we do get some people say, could I do the course? And I'll sign off at the doors for my staff. And it just doesn't work like that. They, the, the carpenters themselves need the training. Mm -hmm. so let's let's say you've got a, a team of four we'll typically sell say four fire door installation courses to that company mm -hmm. you know, and we providing that the numbers are sufficient we are able to provide a little bit of a discount as well um, and we do some you know sometimes we'll do a bit of a package whereby the fire door installation course can be coupled with the maintenance course and you sort of get the second course at 50 percent off as that allows a wider range of skills because you know one thing i haven't really mentioned here is the maintenance course which is huge fire door installation is a big big industry but those doors have got to be maintained mm. and typically that's an overlooked area so some companies like to take on that second course as well get that right wider range of skills how do i fix doors you know that may have a hole in them or uh, hardware that's been over mortised how do i fix those mm. Especially because a lot of these will be in big, like, you know, if we're talking about schools and hospitals and that, they're going to be prone to a bit of bit of damage and a bit of abuse. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of in a in a hospital, for example, trolleys, beds, 
you know, the laundry person comes through, smashes the doors, mm. the glazing bead, the, the, the seals, they all get damaged. I've seen this on doors that have been installed on day one. They're, they're damaged by the end of the day. Mm. And, you know, those doors have got to be legally, they've got to be maintained. So those opportunities are there. Uh, facilities management companies to sort of be their specialist fire door maintenance provider. Uh, so yes, we you know we often work with small companies. We'll provide say three or four courses. We also do classroom training. So I don't, we went. I went down to Plymouth last year. I'm just trying to think of a, a good example of this. And there's a company we're turning over forty million. You know, good sized company. Twenty people in a classroom over the course of two days, and we went through absolutely everything. But they've also got that ongoing support. Um, and that would be sort of they, they get all of the sort of they get the online they they opted for the online package as well. So even after the classroom training, they'd got that access to the online learning as well. So yeah, it can be anybody from your small companies all the way up to your medium-sized companies, all the way then beyond. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. So we, we've spoken a lot about in, in this podcast about the benefits to to businesses and, and how they can grow. But what, what about I'm, I'm fascinated in business owners themselves like yourself, Johnny. What's your vision for UK Fire or training? Where, where do you want to where do you want to take the business over the next few years? Yeah, really good question. I we've got big, big plans for, for UK Fire or training. We are in discussion at the moment with some industry leading manufacturers so that we can have some short courses that really drill down into our courses are you know an overview of everything to do with the laws the, the regulations the building regulations the uh, how to install how to plan a job brilliant love it but everything when it comes to the installation or the inspection of a door we'll speak about how do you inspect seals or how do you install seals on a fire door? But what we want to then now move into doing is some short courses that are very, very high detail on intumescence, the types of intumescent, how does intumescent work, how, the manufacturing process, the testing process. Um, same with overhead closers. We had a really good day last week, actually, down at Rutland Closers or the Rutland uh, door control systems. Sorry if I've butchered their name, but it, <laughs> give or take about correct. And they they provide some really high quality CPD on their overhead closers and, and self-closing devices. And it, it's those, I learned a tremendous amount and we want to be able to provide that knowledge to our learners where they're getting a, a greater understanding of how things like self-closing devices, intumescence, hardware, how it all works. And so you have a, we'll have a series of short courses. And what we do want to build towards um, is in the long term, a, um, a the best way for me to put this is a, a masterclass. So it's not a one day course. It's not a six to eight hour course that you do online, a really high end, high ticket course that, that is hyper detailed on all of these things, everything on the legislation, everything on the British standards, everything to do with testing. So that if there will be certain individuals who do our courses that go, you know what, I, I, I want to make this my, hmm. this is my thing. They want to be an industry leader in it, don't they? I guess, yeah, yeah and an authority. 
I want to be within that top 10 people in the country, top 20 people in the country. I want to be hyper knowledgeable on this and we'll provide that. So that's something we're going to be working on throughout 2023. It probably won't be launched in 2023, if I'm being honest. It will probably be sometime in 2024. I suppose confidence on the part of the client. Um, and that's something that UK Fidel Training can't currently provide because we don't have U- UCAS, but we will do. Mm. And we, what we don't want is the industry to be a closed shop where it's only affordable to people who are, you know, companies that are turning over minimum five million yeah. to afford the kind of, you know, it's eight thousand pound per year plus eight thousand for an application plus the audits. You've got to take on a member of staff to oversee this. It's we want to get into a position where the industry is not closed off, more open, because uh, there's a tremendous amount of high quality carpenters out there who are they sole traders or they, they you know they might be them and might be them and two other people that they work with as a as a small gang. Well, they're not at the currently able to afford those prices. Yeah. And we want to be able to open up that opportunity to take on a UCAS accredited scheme for the whole industry. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, watch this space, Johnny, I guess. And uh, it would you know, be fantastic to see that. And I guess it will be transforming the industry, won't it, once uh, once you achieve that. So certainly exciting times for, for you ahead. Um, if anyone wants to get involved in this now, Johnny, where would they, where's the best place to find you? And um, what's your website details? Where should they contact you from? Sure, no problem at all. So we've got... Our website is ukfiredoortraining.com and you'll find all the information on the courses there. If you want to give us a telephone call, I think the best place to go would be ukfiredoortraining.com and that's got absolutely everything that you'll ever need there. Actually, I've got one other thing that I will be adding as well uh, regarding your last question, Greg, about plans for for the upcoming year. We'll be introducing uh, support via artificial intelligence. So people will be able to get access to 24-7 support uh, via effectively like a chat bot or a response sort of bot where it will be trained on all the things to do with fire doors oh, uh, speak back to them in language that they they understand. Uh, so that that will be the, I think that's going to be a really exciting thing. So nobody else has anything like that, really. No, we, I, think it's, a... I think it's at the moment it's all over the internet, isn't it? What AI is going to potentially do, and it will revolutionise so many businesses, won't it? That that actually jump on board and and get on it. So it's fantastic you're, you're thinking that way already, Johnny. That'd be a, I think it's be tremendously game. exciting. I, I personally, I think it's tremendously exciting, and there's a lot of opportunity there. And if you sort of jump on that 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 train now and and say, you know what, right? It's not a fad. It's not a something that you dismiss. I think in construction, there's a, a real a bit of guilt. Uh, the construction industry is a little bit guilty of, of shunning technology, you know, where other technology, other industries are taking it on, manufacturing and agriculture, and the construction industry is just a little bit behind, mm-hmm. uh, and it's catching up now. And you know, if you get on our, you know, there are things tracking jobs through artificial intelligence, um, and, and and conversing with clients and using artificial intelligence the right way. You know, that'll really set you apart from your competitors as well. Yeah, exciting times. Well, yeah, look forward to seeing the, your developments there, Johnny. I'll be following that uh, clearly. Thanks for your time today, Johnny. Really appreciate it. You've uh, you've covered a lot there, and I think there'll be a lot that are listening to this that will certainly be interested in pursuing that a little bit further and seeing if that's a, another little string to their bow that they can add. So uh, really appreciate your time. Thank you. Now you're more than welcome. Thank you very much, Greg. Can I just ask a quick favour? 
If you're getting some value out of our podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you could just quickly go online, make sure you subscribe and leave us a review on the platform that you're listening on. That really helps our rankings and just helps other construction business owners find out about the show so they can improve their businesses too. So let me just say thanks in advance. If you'd like to work with me to fast track your construction business growth, then reach out on www.developcoaching.co.uk.